Okay, good morning again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so as I think it's a, probably a rule this today in every church in Canada that we start off with a few dad jokes, right? <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't uh, not do that. Um, <laughs> who does the Bible tell to make coffee? The Hebrews. Okay, what, what uh, Jaden? You'll enjoy these, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what? This is the other thing. It, Clara's laughing. You know, it's not just dads who like dad jokes. We get a bad rap for that. Clara tells and likes dad jokes way more than I do. So, <laughs> what kind of man does Boaz? Excuse me. What kind of man was Boaz before he got married? He was ruthless because he got married to Ruth afterwards. <laughs> Aren't these terrible? <laughs> Why did the coffee go to the police station? Diane, you bet you know this one. Because <laughs> he got mugged. <laughs> okay, and one last one. What do angels, uh, how do angels greet one another? Hello, hello. Okay, that was that was enough, right? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I think that uh, I'm going to start off by reading. You can turn in your script Bible if you want to, to Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine and ten. Um, so he, Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh, and he says, this I pleaded with me three, uh, yeah, three times, that this should be, sh that, that it should leave me. But, verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, <clears throat> then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a very true scripture. But it really flies directly against what we feel in our hearts sometimes and in our minds because our, you know, our selfishness, our desire to look perfect, and our culture tells us that we are to hide our weaknesses and that our weaknesses define us. And um, that's that's <laughs> that's that's not what scripture the truth of scripture says and it's our self-preservation nature to hide all those things about us that aren't perfect um but that's not what god says um in the end we have to trust god is it god's way are we going to believe what scripture says about us or are we going to 
believe what our minds tell us and what culture tells us to hide our weaknesses. So, it's, you know, God knows us. He made us. Um, he even knew our weaknesses before he made us, right? Before they happen. And God even allows those things in our lives, right? But do we trust God in this is, is one of the big questions. Um, <clears throat> many of you know that and have noticed uh, I have ticks in myself. It's, it's a form of Tourette's. It's a mild form of Tourette's. And I haven't shared this up here really, but many of you know this over the years probably of knowing me. Um, it's in my voice. It's in my neck. And, you know, it's in my hands some too. And I, I, f I felt like for a while that I needed to share this openly to encourage people in, in their life. But, you know, I think part of it comes down to, it really comes down to what we believe. And if we choose to let that define us, do we let our weaknesses define us? Or do we let what God says about us define us? And do we get our identity uh, from, from other people? Or do we get our identity from Christ? Because I think Christ wants to, I mean, he wants to heal our weaknesses. And, you know, our weaknesses aren't always sinful either. I'm not saying that. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. Um, I'm a little off topic now here. But um, we know that God loves us despite our weaknesses. Despite our sin, God loves us. <clears throat> but he still sometimes allows those things to be in our life. Um, and... That's okay, but we, we have to turn to Christ, turn to God for our identity of who we are. And I'll note that, that uh, well, I'll say this too. You know, one of the other things, like this morning or other times, this is another, I guess, weakness of mine. We can always get better at our weaknesses, right? We can, we can improve in our weaknesses. They don't always have to be our weaknesses. But I'll share this. One of my weaknesses is reading. I'm, I'm not a very good reader. And sometimes I get nervous about reading up front here. Sometimes I get nervous about reading other times. But, <clears throat> and I, I feel bad about that sometimes. But I, I choose to know what God says about me. But, I, you know, I know that, that in the same way, God defines me, right? But I'll say we don't always, I think I already said this, we, we don't always feel that way. We don't always really trust that, that God defines us. But that's, I think, the point where Scripture comes into play. And we have to lean on Scripture because our feelings are not trustworthy but scripture and God is trustworthy and so when when we doubt ourselves, that's when we have to turn back to scripture and 
read the truth of what, what does Scripture say about us. Scripture says that I am free in Christ. Scripture says that, that I am made perfect through his weaknesses and that he loves me no matter what, right? And so we have to turn back to those things when we don't feel confident and when we don't feel good about ourselves. We, we set that feelings aside and we say, what does scripture say about me? And we lean on that. <laughs> you know, here's the other thing is, does anybody know what a desirable difficulty is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> teachers might know because really a lot of school is desirable difficulties <laughs> you give kids a test or work and it might be difficult for them but it helps them grow um, <laughs> there's all sorts of desirable difficulties in life <clears throat> they're challenges because we only really get stronger. Actually, lifting weights is a desirable difficulty, right? It might not be fun at the time, but it's a difficulty that you choose to do so that you can build muscle because the muscle actually breaks down during the, the weightlifting time, I guess, and then it get, actually gets, it builds itself stronger. So, <clears throat> actually, there's some books I read that he goes into to great detail about desirable difficulties. And I, I don't necessarily recommend them because they're not a Christian author at all, actually. He's not. And so you have to be careful with some of his ideas in that book. So I won't. But that is a, a, a nugget of truth. Um, and, and God uses these same things in our lives. My dad had a friend. I, I met him once. Uh, my dad had a friend when he was probably 18 or 19 um, in, in the U.S., in southern Indiana. He grew up with him. Marvin Knapp was his name. And he tuned pianos for a living. <laughs> and he wrote songs. My dad wrote songs with him, and they played guitar, and they, they uh, <laughs> did lots of things together. And he actually played, you know how you can, this is kind of crazy, but you know how you can take water on a cup at, at Sunday dinner and make noise on it? He actually played, he, he would set out like 20 or 30 of these things, and he could play music on them, um, which is really kind of cool. Um, makes me want to try, but I think it probably annoys everybody in the house when it gets really shrill. But uh, beside the fact Marvin Knapp was blind. And how does he learn to tune pianos when he's blind? I don't know. But that's, a, that's an example of a difficulty in his life. He was blind, and yet he, he learned somehow to be really, really amazing in a different area. And that blindness probably drove him to do that, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, so that that's a an example of something and you know what for me I'm not sure how Tourette's makes me that's a hard question how that changes me but 
I asked myself that this week, and I didn't really come to a full answer. But I know that some difficulties in reading have changed me. You know, they made me work really hard at things, and that was a good thing, right? So some challenges in certain areas can make you work hard, and, you know, they can make you have empathy, and I'm going to get to that in a bit. Empathy and understanding what someone else might be going through because you have gone through something is a really powerful tool. Um, so I'll pose a few questions here. <laughs> One question is, how does God use our difficulties or weaknesses to grow us? <laughs> Maybe if you, I wasn't thinking of this, but would anybody like to respond to these questions? These are kind of rhetorical, but I'm willing to, to hear from, from you if you would like to, to share how... How does our difficulties and our weaknesses grow us? Go ahead. Just yell. Yeah, so really understanding what empathy is and how other people feel and what other people need. Yeah, anybody else? Um, this may not come as much of a surprise to some of you, but I'm not exactly the most patient kind of guy. So... Um, you know, when something needs to get done, I can only wait for so long, and then I get frustrated, and I say, okay, let's just get it done already, and let's just, whether it works out right or wrong, let's just do something. Well, unfortunately, we've, you know, my wife and I, we've made some decisions uh, and some purchases and that, and we kind of put the, uh, the horse before the carriage, so to speak, and now we're in a situation where we're waiting for somebody else to make a decision whether or not we can move forward with our plan. And I'm getting to that point where I'm like, well, we got to do something, so let's just do something, whether it turns out good or bad. And God's like, no, trust me. Like, Come on, I can't. i got to do something. No, trust me. You're going to have to learn patience and wait and trust me. So for me, I have to learn to, or I am growing in trust and just by actually not doing anything. So, <laughs> You know, now that Carlos shared that, um, I told Tanya in worship we needed to, to talk to you guys about actually praying with you about that. So can I ask you that we would pray with you guys about that situation after the service? Okay, okay. So we'll have a prayer time up here after the service for Carlos and Tanis and their situation there. And we trust that God will work it out. But we'll pray about it. <laughs> um, does God allow weaknesses or hardships or even give them? I think that's a resounding yes, he does. Mm -hmm. He does. 
he allows them and in some cases he probably gives them to help us grow in different ways. <laughs> Does God see our weaknesses as weaknesses? That's a good question, isn't it? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does. I think he sees them very different than we see our weaknesses. Um, I think he sees, yeah, our weaknesses is possibly more like opportunities, right? <laughs> and uh, that can be hard for us to see them in the same way he does. How has God, um, yeah, I, I actually shared that already. <laughs> yeah, does anybody want to share how a difficulty has maybe, how God has used them in a difficulty? Yeah. yeah. I think we often have thorns in our flesh that we've maybe taken to the Lord. Thorns in our flesh that are something that we think this is not quite perfect. This is not quite the way other people function. And most people know that I have dyslexia. And those are the kind of things that frustrate children, frustrate adults, but those are the kind of things you often take to the Lord in prayer. And sometimes the answer is, I made you like I made you, like you say, and you realize that we are different people because of it, but we are nonetheless used by the Lord because of it. And I think that's an encouragement to anybody or to any kids who are frustrated with things at school or adults who don't do things the way everybody else does it. That's okay. God made me like he made me. And I've come to that point where I've seen how I am who I am and I function as I do. And there are blessings inside of that. There are ways and things that I can cope with because like the blind person, there is something that becomes enhanced in a person's life. When something is weak, something else often becomes stronger. So some of the things I do when it comes to cooking without recipes are the things that people say, wow, that's amazing. Well, no, actually, that's the Lord giving me a way of continuing on and blessing others through weakness. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Anybody else? Just a thought. Oh, okay. So when I when I started high school, I I was. So you have to you you switch to another new kind of math, right? Like calculus and algebra, and I just couldn't grasp that stuff. And I think it was the first or second day into the class, the teacher told me. Believe it or not, he told me I was an idiot and said, you need to go see the principal because you'll never figure this math out. And he was a guy who liked to work with students who excelled, and I didn't. And so I went to see the principal, and he put me into consumer math. Long story short, um, you know, 20 years later, I started a business, which I, it was totally the Lord that made, you know, that orchestrated that to happen because I'm really not a businessman. Uh, but God put people in my life very early. He showed me that when you can't do something, you hire somebody who can. 
And so I surrounded myself with good people who excelled at what they did. And praise the Lord, you know, he allowed us to have a successful business to this day. And, you know, I always tell people I'm glad I never had to take an IQ test because I don't know, I don't want to know. Um, okay, so here's, here's one more question. How does God, and you can answer this for yourself, I guess, but how do you, God, how do you want us, uh, want to use me despite or through any challenges in my life that you have allowed for a purpose, right? Um, how do you want to use me? Uh, to impact people around me um, despite or through the, any challenges in my life. And these might be just circumstances. You know, sometimes these circumstances in our life can be challenges that God is using to grow us. Um, mm -hmm. So write that one down, ponder it, and ask the Lord about that, how, how he wants to use you. Um, Okay, you can turn to, if you want to, you can turn to Hebrews, um, okay, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And <laughs> it says, For every high priest chosen among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin, he can deal gently. Yeah, he can deal gently with ignorant or wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. And you know that right there, that last part, is uh, is what. That's the empathy part, right? Like that that we can deal with people with empathy because we know what how we feel and so that's something that every one of us can use in life um, <laughs> we understand and we can we can encourage others through that mm -hmm. you know we look at we look at the outside but God really looks at our heart and a willing heart and if we want to uh, to serve him in a way, God looks and says, "There's a willing vessel, and I can use them." And all that is made possible because of the first scripture we read that that uh, we are made perfect in His strength. Mm. Um, so I want to move into communion a bit. We're going to take communion in a little bit, but I also want to share right out of this scripture. I realized this week that. That scripture in Hebrews, it, it really ties in with communion quite well. And see, in the Old Testament, there were high priests who went into the Holy of Holies and had to make atonement for the people outside um, and make, make sacrifices. And that, that fact is that... How do I say this? It, that was a picture, a prophetic picture 
of what was to come in Jesus. And so Jesus coming from heaven down to earth and then giving his life for us on the cross was a picture of how Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. Jesus became the high priest. It says, For every high priest is chosen and is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. See, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He acted as on, on behalf of us. He acted on behalf of us. Um, and he can deal gently with us. Not because, well, not because he was sin, but because he took our, our sin onto himself, he can deal gently with us. And also because he chose to come as a man on earth. You know, as a man, he became weak like a man, even though at the same time he was fully God. So he understood our weaknesses and our challenges in that. And so he can act on behalf of us. So I just thought that was a real picture of how Jesus fulfilled that prophetic prophecy, um, which was in the Old Testament. But what is communion and what do we do in it is, I guess, one of the, the questions that I had for us that we want to answer in... Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, in 1 Corinthians 11, um, it talks about communion. And we're going to turn there. And I'll, lead, I'll actually lead communion out of that passage. But it talks about one of the things in Luke and, and uh, here in Corinthians it talks about is remembering. Communion is to, we, we are to remember and remind ourselves of what? Of the Lord's death of forgiveness of sins. The other thing is proclaiming. We're to proclaim the Lord's death and what it did for us. So I'm going to read here um, a tiny bit. I'm going to read this twice. A few, but in 1 Corinthians it says, And when he gave, and we, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bre this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. <laughs> So those are, I think, two of the big things that we do um, is we remember and we proclaim as we take communion. <laughs> now, down, if you read a little further in verses 27 to 34, um, he shares about examining ourselves and how examining ourselves is, is really crucial. And, you know, we just to summarize that, process we want to examine ourselves because we don't want to go take communion today and then we don't want to be the next day willfully living in sin but 
and and then taking God's grace and cheapening it in a way um, that that Romans six one talks about. So I wanted to touch on that as well because it's right there in Scripture and it has to do with communion. So, but we're we're remembering and we're proclaiming the Lord's death. We're we're remembering the forgiveness of sin. We're remembering his sacrifice for us. Um, Diane, do you want to come on up? You're going to be helping with communion, right? Chris, you can start handing out communion, actually, I think. We're, they're going to come around and actually serve it to people this morning. Um, <laughs> so his shed blood, we remember his shed blood for our healing, uh, for our spiritual healing. We remember his broken body for us and for our healing and I, I attribute healing to be in that case physical and spiritual mm -hmm. I have a story of mm -hmm, someone that I, I went to Bible school at about 19 I guess for for one year kind of like YWAM and uh, I roomed with a guy and he he loved garlic <laughs> pickled garlic <laughs> from a, any kind of garlic but for the few weeks well I mean I was with him for about nine months but for a few weeks he got into the habit of eating garlic raw <laughs> so just a clove of garlic peel it off and eat it and he did it kind of because he thought it was good but kind of because he thought it was really helpful um, <laughs> I think it and in the end after a few weeks, I think we talked about it probably because, you know, the whole room where we slept, it wasn't just him that's, that started smelling like garlic. It, it, you know, and it wasn't just the breath. It came out of the skin. It just oozed out uh, garlic smell, and the whole room was kind of permeated with it. And uh, so it was kind of funny. I think it kept the mosquitoes away. <laughs> maybe we should do that here <laughs> but because that that's an example I think as as we eat the bread and drink the cup of the Lord and as we accept God's grace and remember his forgiveness for us that his grace and his love and his forgiveness is really meant to ooze out of us. So as we eat that, let it be like the garlic that permeates, just as I think Dwayne shared something about permeating there. Um, and so let it go into us and let, it, let those, that remembrance permeate into us and then ooze out of us. And it's not just a one-time thing, you know, he says, as often as we eat the cup, or eat the bread and drink the cup. And so, I, I believe that we can, you can actually take communion by yourself with you and the Lord. You can take it with your family at home, lead your family in it. I think there's extra meaning when we do it corporately as a body, a more full meaning, I believe, because we are meant to be the body of Christ and take it together. But you can take it as well. Thank you.
Okay. I'll read this again. And when he gave thanks, that is Jesus. So let's give thanks, I guess. Let's do this first. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body and for your blood and for your sacrifice to us. We thank you for giving us your forgiveness as a gift that you sacrificed and you took our sins onto yourself and paid that penalty for us. We thank you for that. And we thank you, you know, as uh, I go back, I think originally communion was more of a meal that they ate. So, Lord, we thank you for providing for us nutritionally, for our, our food that you provide for us on a daily basis, because that is a, that was what it was back then. They ate it as communion. But Lord, so Lord, we thank you for that and we thank you for your provision that you provide for us and that you provide uh, a way that sin can be broken in our lives. He broke the bread and said, this is my body in which, uh, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name for your broken body, for the fact that you broke your, your body was broken for us, for our healing, physical, spiritual. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood, for your forgiveness, which is for the forgiveness of sins. We bless this. And Lord, we ask that you, these truths would permeate our lives and change us. Change how we view ourselves. Change how we view other people. Change how we view you, Lord. That we would view it through the, through the lens of forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Yeah, for, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's sing and worship the Lord here. Yes. Yes. 